hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson, where I want you to be financially free, physically free, emotionally free, and mentally free. So welcome back, everybody, or those who've just joined us. I'm happy to have you here again. This is Kai Wilson, your host, and today I'd like to start off by thanking everybody who engaged with us on last week's show. I really appreciate it. And on top of that, again, I want to thank everybody who's been attending my classes. I've been doing the Introduction to Bitcoin class. It's a one-on-one level course. And I've had a really good turnout. I really appreciate it. I've helped a lot of people um, buy, make their first Bitcoin purchase, download wallets. Everybody knows who, um, who Satoshi is. Uh, I'm really proud of my students. So keep on registering. I'll keep uploading additional classes. If you check the website um, or my Facebook page, website or Facebook page, you can enroll from there. Today, also, I want to go one more thing. Um, I'm not going to share any reviews right now, just a little bit short on time, but I'm not going to share reviews, but I do want to point out the listenership because it still continues to amaze me. My, I'm looking at just the last 28 days and my India sponsor or listenership is still rising. You guys in India are now just at 21% of my listenership. Hey, guys. Hey, everyone in India, all my India friends. I really appreciate you. Um, keep on sharing. Keep on um, interacting. If someone would like to reach out to me, the door is still open. I am very excited to speak to the first person that contacts me from India. I may even send you guys a gift. If somebody from India will please reach out to me and just introduce yourself. That's all. If you can just introduce yourself and tell me where you are in India. I mean, that's a big country. Um, where are you? What has interest you with my podcast and how you found it? I am going to send an Amazon gift card because I believe Amazon works everywhere. So uh, $25 Amazon gift card. If I can get somebody from India to reach out to me. And again, of course, I still have all my listeners in Canada. I see you guys in Germany. Andre, I know you're in Germany and it must be you and some friends. My Virgin Islands people, my South Africa people. I have gained some new people in Singapore. Hey, I've got Ghana. Ghana, I think Ghana is new for me. And I know lots of people in Ghana. So we've got Ghana, Spain, Japan, New Zealand, and United Kingdom. So Japan is new. Japan is a new one. They were not on here before. So thank you guys very much. I hope you guys are enjoying my show and thank you very much for listening. So today I am going to introduce a new guest to the show, um, a friend of mine. If you guys think I like cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, boy, do you have a treat today. We have got one of the, I, I have two cryptocurrency mentors, kind of goats, I call them. Uh, you heard me mention Jamar James a couple weeks ago. He gave me a blessing. I really appreciate it. And today I have a number two on with us. And you had Link too. Sorry, three. So you had Link Green on as well. Link is very qualified. But today we have Mr. Kendall Jackson joining me. Kendall is my crypto friend. Kendall is my business neighbor. Kendall is my regular friend. Kendall says he looks up to me and I say I look up to him. So I'm not really sure who's higher on the scale because we're both looking up at each other, which may mean we're face to face. I'm not really sure how you describe that. But 
Kendall, I look up to him. He's a very smart guy. Very, very smart. Very knowledgeable on a lot of stuff, but especially on cryptocurrencies and computers, which I'm Ill- computer illiterate. But he um, he runs a business called 1010 Computers. I'm going to share that information later. But today he's here representing cryptocurrencies. Welcome to the show, Kendall Jackson. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I want to start by saying uh, that was a fantastic uh, intro. Um, and I'm honored to be here. Uh, one of the things I want to throw out there really quickly is that I'm a little bit nervous, so you may detect <laughs> that. I'm not very much of a public speaker. However, I'm more passionate about uh, making sure that people are informed on cryptocurrency because of the impact that we'll have on their future. So thank you for uh, allowing me to be a part of your podcast as well as uh, communicate and, and share this information with others. Thank you for coming. Thank you for You're coming. Welcome. So this is the first official episode on Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. You guys have heard me discuss it several times, different shows, just kind of a little bit here and there. So today our focus is going to be, since this is the first official cryptocurrency um, session or podcast, um, we're going to try to start at a beginner level, similar to my class. It won't include as much as you get from the class just because we don't have as much time and this is not question and answer. So Obviously, you can only listen to what we tell you. But um, so we're going to start back at the beginning. You guys kind of know my history. I'll, I'll re- do my history really quick on how I started, how I came to learn about cryptocurrencies. And then I'm going to let Kendall do his intro for his history so you can know where he started from. So if you haven't heard some of the previous episodes, I was introduced to Bitcoin. I believe it was in 20, early 2016. 16, I believe it's either 2015 or 2016. Um, I was in a bullion group, like I said before. Um, somebody in the bullion group was also um, a cryptocurrency, a Bitcoin, because it was no other cryptocurrency really at that point. So he was a Bitcoin enthusiast, but he wasn't pushy. And he kind of became my mentor at the time. And he slowly reeled me in. So he would just send me little information to listen to here and there. There were a lot of YouTube videos and a few articles. But at that time, most of the articles were from crypto Bitcoin websites. Like it wasn't really in the news a lot. It wasn't in the newspaper, magazines. There was a Bitcoin specific magazine that's not even in publication anymore. But he sent me that magazine. And so basically I listened to him, I invested in it. You guys remember I went to the um, South African, it was called the South African Bitcoin Conference at the time. So I went there in 2016, 17. I've been a few times now, I've been maybe three years. But anyway, so that's how I got into it and I've been in ever since. Once I finally truly understood it, I was in love with it. I mean, I just was like, yes, this is for me. I love this stuff. And I've been hooked ever since. And I am not necessarily a trader. I just love the concept of it. I love what it does. I love what it stands for. So I am a holder. We'll go over that. It's H-O-D-L is the term that you use in this community. Hodler. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a hodler, but they say a holder. And um, so I'm a holder because I believe in it. I use it. I spend it sometimes, but I really hold it. So that's my history. Kendall. Can you share with us all (laughs) how you learned about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? Who brought you in and how do you feel about it? 
Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm going to try to make this long story <laughs> as, as short as possible. Go um, ahead. Give us the full story. Okay, so I started off in, uh, in stock. So as a business owner, I was looking for additional ways to increase my income. Um, and the first uh, avenue that I came across was investing in the stock market. Didn't know much about the stock market. So um, as a first-time investor, I put a little money in there and taught myself that and this was shortly after the 2008 crash where everything was coming back. So my stocks performed very well. Um, and I started to inform family members that uh, I learned this new skill and, uh, and trying to introduce them to it. So I was talking everyone's heads off about stock. And uh, that went on for a couple of years. In about 2013 to 2014, my younger brother uh, called me and he said, hey, I found this thing and I think you'll be interested in it. And uh, he gave me the rundown on it and gave me the intro introduction to what his understanding was of cryptocurrency at the time. Um, and with me, I'm always looking for opportunity. So I did a little additional research and um, I fell in love with it. Uh, I fell in love with it because I saw the math and the potential of the growth that I had in comparison to the stocks that I was investing in prior. And I saw potential. Um, so during this time, we uh, we learned together, him and I. We spoke almost every day. That's something you'll see as the market goes up. You'll tend to have your relationship strengthened with other people who are just as passionate and involved. Mm -hmm. And so we were sort of uh, still sharpening steel, learning together, sharing each other's ideas. And uh, after playing around with it and doing a little research, <laughs> I came up with a plan. I said, hey. We don't have a lot of money, but what we can do is uh, we have a $5,000 card, and this is not investment advice because it didn't turn out right in every, every case scenario. I said, what we can do is we can take our $5,000 based on the math and we can uh, charge it, and, and within 30 days before the interest hits, we can double our money at the rate that it's growing. Uh, so um, we did that, and within 30 days, my 5,000 turned into 10,000. I took the 5,000 back out and paid my card off. And at that point, it was just as if I was working with imaginary money. So I said, hey, if I lose this, I won't get in trouble with my wife. <laughs> so, uh, Branded. Right. So um, he did the same thing, and it continued to grow. And, you know, I, I made a quite a bit of money out of it. And at that time, it was just an additional way to make some income. I really wasn't looking at the long term. Um, so as the market started to go down, um, I wasn't bothered by it because I had made my money back. I had made mm -hmm. some additional money mm -hmm. and I left some coins on a website that was in China, which turned out to be a bad mistake. <laughs> uh, and he ended up continuing to invest via his card and he got caught on the downturn. So uh, as the market went down, um, I was happy with my progress, went back to making money in my business. Um, and, you know, he which was just downturn. This one was... Because uh, what year was this you said? You this started? was about 2013, 2014. Oh, okay. So you were a few years ahead of me. Correct. Uh, just a little bit. So um, after the downturn, I you know, it was, wasn't making any money, so I went back to what was making money. And then um, and starting my business in the area that we, you know, you and I share, um, I came across you. And you told... This is around the time where you went to the Ethereum convention uh -huh, in uh -huh. South Africa. And I was like, oh, she knows about bit, uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. You don't find people that know about that. 
So then I started to research it again because I, you know, oh, you were you telling had kind of really left it. I did completely. Wow, um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so I went back when you told me about the growth that you were experiencing in the uh, Ethereum. I went back to look for my coins, and unfortunately, uh, the website that I used was no longer in existence. So I ended up losing those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got back into the market and uh, introduced some other people into it. And the market, this was around 2017. So this was the last bull market or the market where the price increases drastically. And um, we rode that market and we made a lot of money. Uh, Unfortunately, during the downtime, it came again. And this time I got caught (laughs) in in the trap. Exactly. (laughs) And now this is the same brother I met that we're talking about. It is. Wow. It is. So, um, uh, I got caught in a downturn and I learned from my, it reminded me of my brother's previous experience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if there's any rhythm or rhyme to this process, it's going to come back in a matter of three to five years. Markets have cycles. I learned that from the stock market. And quite frankly, I just don't like losing money. So I just left it in there. Mm-hmm. And because the rule of investing that I say is you don't lose until you, you sell. Cash out. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I left it in there. And what it the, the ripple effect that it caused is that when you have a lot of money tied into something and you're waiting on it to come back, you pay a lot of attention to that market. Mm-hmm. So uh, from since 2017, I have been not only focusing on the price, which was my initial focus. Uh, However, I was focusing on the way that the market was emerging. And after a while, I started to realize that I was watching a new financial system evolve and build and be molded Mm -hmm. right in front of my eyes. So you started seeing the value of the system more than the price of the the item. Exactly. And when I combine that with um, my technological background and understanding of technology and where it's going, um, those two just kind of gave me an epiphany. And I could see where the future was and how this was going to be a major role in that. Um, So from that point, um, I started to look at it differently as if uh, instead of looking at it as I'm just waiting on my money to come back so I can get it out, I started to invest more. And I started to invest more while the market was down, which turned out to be a very good plan. Uh, dollar cost averaging into the market. So just taking a little bit like you would do. Uh, I, I, I viewed it like I would do a 401k when I had a job. They would take a little percentage out. You don't miss that once it's mm-hmm. coming out. And long term, it would have a lot of benefit. And that turned out to be a good strategy that I would recommend that people can even use today as the prices are going up. Um, so. Uh, that fast forwards us to 20, 2020 uh, and the market is coming back, which I knew. And now I'm interested, more interested in helping others to see the potential that I see in the market now. Right. So you were interested in sharing your knowledge with others. Correct. Which is where my passion is. I love it. I'm interested in sharing with others. And that's this entire podcast. So let's go back now to square number one. You have my history. You have his history. Now let's try to explain to the audience, those that are not familiar or have only heard a little bit, still unclear, what is Bitcoin? Okay. So you want to start with the definition? What is Bitcoin? Uh, Bitcoin, by definition, is um, a currency or it is a form of cryptocurrency. Um, and without using too much jargon, cryptocurrency is, is sort of like a currency that is based in math. 
Okay. So uh, just think of it as a digital, a digital dollar, sort of speak, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, so the same way you would use like your credit card, where it would be a digital representation of the dollars that you have in your account. Um, that's what I would consider a cryptocurrency. However, the way that I explain it to people um, to make them to allow them to understand it a little better is it's a two-part system. Uh, on the top layer, you have the actual Bitcoin or the token or the coin, and that okay. is that's like we're gonna your, slow down. Okay, okay. Okay. So you have the Bitcoin, mm -hmm. the token, or the coin. Correct. Let's tell them what a token is okay. versus a coin. Okay. So um, let me back up. So when, as it pertains to a Bitcoin, as I mentioned, is think of it like a dollar, any token mm -hmm. or coin before you get into it, because you can get very deep into it. But I want to make sure I don't lose the audience in, in, in technical jargon because I have a tendency of doing that. <laughs> Uh, but um, think of uh, any coin or token or Bitcoin or Ethereum or any of the items that you see as the digital dollar. OK. And on a digital dollar, there is a serial number. So if you pull a dollar or a five dollar bill or a twenty dollar bill out of your pocket, you'll find that there is a unique identification number on that dollar bill. Those, those numbers that we never pay attention to on our bills. Exactly. We don't memorize them. We don't look that we're saving this particular dollar bill with this serial number. These are things we typically ignore, but they are our bills, our fiat dollars are serial numbered. That is correct. Okay. And and so um, the, it's similar on as it pertains to any uh, cryptocurrency or, or Bitcoin. I'm just going to use that one for this example. Um, the bit, each Bitcoin has a unique identification number called a private key. And that is what gives you ownership of that digital dollar. Just like the serial number on your dollar gives you, it shows that it can tr be tracked and show that you were a owner of that dollar in your account or if you move it to another account. Okay. So that's the first vote It's just a dollar. And on that dollar, uh, that dollar moves on a system called a blockchain. And the way that I describe a blockchain, because there's a lot of technical ways you can explain it, but the most simplest way that I explain it to people is it is simply a ledger. A and digital ledger. Correct. So I compare it to um, your ledger and your bank statement. Mm -hmm. So I can go in your bank statement and I can tell everything that you've spent. I can tell the date and time that you've spent it and I can follow every transaction that you've done. You can do the same. Anyone who has access to your bank account can do the same. So if there's a fraudulent transaction, we can trace that. Exactly. So I'm just going to re-repeat what he said just so you can hear it two different ways. Same explanation. So a Bitcoin is a digital currency. Okay, guys, Correct. it's just all digital. So imagine that you have your credit card or debit card or whatever, and you can you never can exchange it for a dollar bill. So all the money you own is only going to be transacted through that card and it's all going to be um, electronically transferred from place to place. Correct. So when you have Bitcoin, it's, the, it's that same exact concept. It's only going from place to place electronically. No one is ever physically handing you any type of tangible currency that represents the Bitcoin, okay? It's just all digital. It's being sent electronically from place to place, just like, I mean, I know there's people out there that never carry cash. Correct. You hear people say it all the time. I never carry cash. I never have cash on me. Who has cash? Okay, you are the perfect person to transfer over to Bitcoin. I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah, because if you never carry cash, then you are the perfect, um, uh, perfect, 
what's the word I'm trying candidate to say? Candidate for that, right. for Bitcoin because you don't carry cash anyway. Right, so, you have an ACH, I have my ACH exactly. and, my, and so my cards so and my this Apple This is what Pay. Bitcoin is. It's just all digital. It's not fake. It's just there's no paper form. There's no paper equivalent to it, okay? Right. And then we talk about the blockchain. So then the blockchain is the ledger that is electronically saved right. that's recording all transactions. So right now I bank with, well, me and Kendall can't do, we both bank at, <laughs> we both bank at Delta Credit Union, Correct. Delta Community Credit Union, but say I have other accounts. So he banks at Delta and I bank at Heritage. So Heritage has its ledger and Delta has its ledger. Right. So we're both using our cards and we're both making transactions, but for him to look at his transactions, he has to go to the Delta ledger. I have to go to the Heritage ledger. Correct. So that the ledger is just when you lock banking online. So when you want to bank online, you go online and you look at your account. That's your ledger. That is your personal ledger. So when you go to your bank online and look at it, that is your personal ledger with that bank. It's showing everything that has come in and out of your account. Those ledgers are the equivalent to the blockchain. Exactly. But the difference is on the blockchain, every single human on earth using crypto, well, using Bitcoin is on that same ledger, okay? So when you use Bitcoin, there's only one ledger for everybody. You don't have a separate ledger. The ledger is an open source. Anyone can go on and see it and all the transactions are recorded there forever. Once they get there, they're there. They can't be erased. They can't be hidden. They're always there transparency it's very transparent now he said earlier kendall said it's serial numbers so it is open and everybody can see it but it's the serial number that they're seeing they're not seeing your name there's no names they're just serial numbers so if you don't know that person's serial number you don't have that person's serial number you don't know who it is you just can see that that transaction happened when it happened what time it happened and how much the transaction was for but you're not going to see kai sent it to kendall that's what you're not going to see you're not going to see any names so hopefully i'm just kind of trying to repeat what kendall already said but it's easier to understand when you hear it more than one way because people receive um receive uh, information differently. information differently i agree that's exactly what i'm saying okay so we were there now we're okay and also let's go back to because i had somebody ask me this it was kind of funny <laughs> somebody said um Somebody not too long ago, we were talking about Bitcoin. No, somebody said, oh, you can be the Bitcoin expert. I said, okay. I said, well, I can cover um, all cryptocurrencies. And she said to me, well, what's the difference? <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's go there. So that was a question somebody asked me, a dear friend. And she, when I said I can teach Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, she asked me what the difference was between Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Okay, so uh, Bitcoin is the very first cryptocurrency ever created. Um, this one was, I, 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 so when I explain things, instead of using technical terms, I try to use things that we are already familiar with so our mind can uh, gain a better understanding. And as we, you know, learn the technology more, then you can learn the specifics. So the general concept that I use to explain Bitcoin is it is digital gold. So we just talked about how, you know, certain currencies uh, or how the 
of Bitcoin is like the currency. Well, this one is the gold currency. So it is the one that's been around the longest, similar to gold. Mm -hmm. uh, it is the one that has the highest value, similar mm -hmm. to gold. And the entire market is based off of the value and price of Bitcoin. So any other coin or cryptocurrency or token, whichever term you would like to use, is going to be uh, based off of the price of the main one, which is Bitcoin. So I tend to refer to it as digital gold. Um, and the others, I would say, is best described as the different fiat currencies around the world. Um, uh, again, they're, they're more, being that this is a starter conversation, I, I don't, I don't want to get into the specifics of what <laughs> makes them different. But I like different. what you just said. So again, I'm just going to step back. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin was the original. Correct. It's the strongest. Correct. It's the most recognizable. Correct. It's the most used. It's the most, the highly most used ones or whatever, <laughs> however you want to say that. So that's Bitcoin. Correct. As a, an analogy or comparison, you have the U.S. dollar. Technically, no, I'm just going to go with technically. <laughs> technically, it's the strongest fiat currency on the world in the world, on the earth got the most power so no matter what country we go to everyone knows the dollar everybody can recognize the u.s dollar a lot of other currencies are based off the u.s dollar exactly when you go to other countries and you look at the exchange rates they always have the dollar to the this the dollar to the that it's never their currency compared to ours they always even in another country the dollar is first and then everything is compared to the dollar is sort of like a reserve currency exactly right. so bitcoin is is the same thing bitcoin is the the king the gold standard the creme de la creme <laughs> and then you've got all these uh how many currencies are behind it i don't even know uh there are thousands Three thousand, five thousand, right 8, and more 000. being created uh <laughs> all the time so um and i and I, I say that if you look at them like the uh different currencies of the different countries it makes it a little easier to understand um and in and together they make the the financial system so okay so okay so the so Bitcoin is this one specific type, which is the first, Correct. It's the original, the first, it's the strongest, most powerful, most valuable. Digital gold. Digital gold. Cryptocurrency, we're just, you've heard him say Ethereum and you heard me say Ethereum in my first episode. So you've got Ethereum. These are, we're going to name some common ones. That's just the different currency type. You've got Litecoin. You've got, I mean, I, I hate. Uh, there's XRP, XRP, which is one which of my is favorites. One of his favorites. We, I knew he was going to bring that one up. This yeah. is XRP King. He's the only reason I have XRP is because of Kindle. Uh, Stellar Lumens, which is a symbol as XLM. Uh, that's another one that I, I'm really interested in. You have Litecoin, um, which is one of the early uh, adapters. That was one of the ones that I traded back Bitcoin during the first Ethereum. market yep. where uh, my I brother and I. Uh, and there are there are just a, a lot of them that uh, are that you can you can go on Coinbase and view. Um, and there are even more that are not on Coinbase as yeah. well. Uh, so in the class, of course, I do um, coin market cap. Correct. So if you go to you want to see pretty much almost all of them, you go to www.coinmarketcap.com. 
and you can scroll for 200 years and just see all of them. And I would recommend people visit that site as they're learning about it because uh, it keeps you informed on the price history. It, it, it tells you the difference between a token and a coin. And so you can learn more. Uh, it gives you the background on the people that create the project and what their objectives are for each cryptocurrency. So uh, you can see how they plan to impact your future. So I would, I highly recommend that as a, a source of research. Okay. So we're going to stop there for a second. So we just named by name five or six different ones. Understand that they, the, the purpose and intent of each one is not the same. So they're not all currencies to spend in a store. Exactly. Okay. So, um, it's called the white paper. And in the class I go, we go a little bit into detail about the white paper. Cause I like to start people at the beginning. But every token or coin has a white paper. Right, which is like the business plan. something very similar, but they call it the white paper right. in this industry. And it's like the business plan. Correct. It's the history of it. Why was it created? What problem is it solving? What do you do for it? What do they tend for you to do for it? Why would you use it? How does it work? All the plans are in the white paper. Exactly. So before you get into any investing at the minimum, I would like people to read the white paper. Exactly. And Bitcoin's white paper is only nine pages long. It's a very short read. And almost a page and a half of the nine pages are the calculations, which you kind of can skip unless you are a true math head <laughs> and you want to figure out all these calculations and calculus and there's all kinds of fractions and there's all kinds of stuff. Unless you think you're going to understand that, you can go ahead and read it. But um, when you take that out, you're at about seven pages worth of data to read. And it's a very short, easy read. It's like seven chapters, seven sections, something like that. So you want to read the white paper. It's very easy to find. You can just Google search whichever one. Or you can probably link to it. I'm sure you can link through um, CoinMarketCap. You can. You yeah, can. You and, can. Um, you know, you can use other sources that you're familiar with if you're more of a visual person and, you know, don't like reading a lot of documents or don't have the time to do that. Uh, there are a lot of documentaries and um, research pieces on YouTube, as you stated. Um, so you can go back and look at the history a little more in detail. Uh, you can see um, what our current understanding of the creator was and his objectives. Oh, let's uh, go there. Come on, let's go there. I mean, let's go. We're teaching. So Kendall and I have disagreed with this one sometimes, actually. This will be interesting. So... Who created Bitcoin? What's the, who is the person, Kendall? I'm going to make you say it. Who's the person that created Bitcoin? Who's the person that created Bitcoin? Well, we have a name, but we have <laughs> no idea who this person is. Um, and all we have is a name and a few emails. So it is, it was created by a group of people who were, or person. Or well, what's the person's name? Satoshi Nakamoto. There you go. There you so go. So that is the person credited with. That's on the white paper. That's the, the name of the author. Who we currently don't know who he is or where he is. Yeah, right. we don't. He's uh, He disappeared. It was. So the white paper came out. Um, Bitcoin started January 3rd, I think. January 3rd of 2009. White paper came out. I think about that same time as when he released it a little bit before. But... Um, so that was January 3rd of 2009, and um, Satoshi has not been heard from again since the end of 2010. Correct. And, and just as a, um, a small caveat of information, it was created uh, not coincidentally right after the, the 2008 market mm -hmm. crash. 
um, it was a way, it was supposed to be, quote unquote, a revolutionary act to combat the current financial system that we have, where we were uh, getting in, a, in predicaments by the financial institutions and building them out and not having a choice because they were too big to fail. So uh, uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies were initially designed to put the power of money back in the hands of the people and away from the banks. And when I learned that and the dynamics behind that, that, that was one of the things yep. that made me fall in love. That with made it. me fall in love. Yeah. That was it. So when I found out it was controlled and run by the people and not by a central central institution, that was it for me. I was sold on it. <laughs> I mean, that was about all you had to tell me. Um, okay. So and and again, I'm just keep repeating. So re repetition works. We don't know for sure if it was one person or if it was, a, we know even if it was a group of people, we know for sure it was a group of people that worked on it. Correct. We know he did not work on the project by, by himself. If you watch some of the documentaries, they actually interview, I don't remember the title, I saw it a long time ago, but there was one documentary and they had a couple people in it that admitted to being in the group with him and the email exchanges with him and they said they never met him, that's what they say. And they have no way to contact him. Like, right. It was he supposedly fell off. Uh, an online project mm -hmm. uh, where everyone communicated on a platform and through email and gave their bits and pieces of how they can make the code and the project better. Mm -hmm. However, I guess no one ever met each other. So we're stuck there. Yeah. So that's all we know. That's that's the history. And whether it was him or whether it was a group of people or whatever, I don't know if it's even important at this point anymore. It is working. It's up and running. It's working. It's been successful. So let's take that doubt away. Whether what it does, it's not a concern really. Right, right. <laughs> whether it was one person or 80 people. Let's look forward. Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really matter. It has not hurt me. I mean, I took the down too, but um, so let I'm going to go a little bit off to the side for a minute because when I teach my class, I get this a lot. Okay, we're in December right now, and the price has been skyrocketing. Correct. So we're in a bull market. If anybody does investing or stocks, bull market. Bull market means it's aggressive. It's going up. Right. And it's not always a bull market. It goes up. It goes <laughs> down. It fluctuates all over the place. Um, but people always say to me, how do I make money? I, I heard you can make a lot of money. So that's twofold. I'm definitely in it to make the money. I'm all for making the money. I mean, I'm not turning down the money, but I am personally in it because I believe in it. I like the things that it does. I like the things that it doesn't do. I like that I have control over it. I like that the bank can't freeze my account or limit how much of it I can move at a time because right. with a debit card, I can only take out $400 a day. I can only charge $1,000 a day. I have all these limits. I can't go to the bank right now inside and withdraw all my money if I want to. I don't like that. Right. If it's mine, it's mine, and I don't want you telling me what I can and cannot do. So you don't have this problem with Bitcoin. Right. It is always yours, and nobody's controlling it. You can move as much as you want, anywhere you want, 24 hours a day. There's no limitations. Um, so when people ask me about making money with it, yes, you can make money. It's just a, uh, it's just the That's nature, the initial allure. That, that, that is the initial right. allure. But you have to understand why you can make money with Correct. it. Like it's not, and I don't want to go too far this way or that way because we're not going to really cover too much about buying and trading and selling it. I just want you guys to know what it is. So you can make money with it. There's a reason why you make money because there's a limited supply. It's a set amount that will ever be put into existence. 
and everybody's not using it yet. So and I just, tell people to look at it like you look at anything else. If you're only focused on the money in any area of growth, you're probably not going to get very far. Right. If I just work a job for the paycheck and I'm not being financially sound and I'm not budgeting and I'm not planning for a better future, then I probably won't get as far as a person who does have an understanding of the job market or the business market or the investment market that they're in. So while you know you start off and you look, you get your first job and the most exciting thing is your paycheck. Uh, eventually you grow to learn that there are a lot more other variables that are more important uh, than your paycheck. And I would encourage people to look at this industry the same way. Mm -hmm. So when, when I try to help people get in, for me, it's a turnoff when they start with how am I going to make money? Like, I'm like, well, do we, do, can you tell me the definition? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't tell you how to make money with it if you can't even give me your definition, like a simple definition, you can't just tell me because it makes money. Like that's not the definition of Bitcoin. Well, I, 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 I use that. I use that allure to interject intellect. That, that's my goal. I, um, I, I want you to be interested in it by any means necessary. So mm -hmm. if if that is the allure that catches your attention and that's debate, I'll use that as debate mm -hmm. and I will teach you along the way. Um, you know, and if you're making money out of that, then that's just going to increase your interest. Right. So um, I do agree that the, the, the financial gain is going to be the number one allure for everyone. Right. Um, not everyone. But <laughs> I don't mind about the making money. Like I said, I want to make money off mine too. But I get to some people just want, just want, that's all they want. Right. They, they don't want to learn. They just want to make money. Okay, if I put it in on this date and take it out on this date, you're telling me I'll make $1,000? Well, you, you have to understand that when I first got in, that that was my that initial was goal. Too. Right. Yeah. It was just okay, I, I wanted mean, to make mine money. Was so. to make, I, well, I made it accidentally. <laughs> I was following, <laughs> literally, I followed my mentor's lead. Mm -hmm. And then the, you know, the guy who was in the seminar told me to get Ethereum at the time. I bought it. I made a lot of money. So I, I did just do that. Now, let me ask you this. When you go when you go to school and you start school and you're in kindergarten, I mean, the allure is not I'm going to grow up and get a degree and have a great future. You just see other kids and you want to have fun. Yeah, and have and fun. <laughs> as you transition through that, you mature and you learn the things that are valuable and important. So I think that that's just the psychological nature of humans. We're going to find the, you know, the most primitive thing that we can understand and gravitate to. And that's what we're going to use to grow and gain understanding. So. Uh, you know, I, I love that fact. I, I love when they make money because when they make money, they call me and they're like, did you see the price of this? Can you tell me I want to do more? I should have done more. And right. and if that's what it takes to get more people informed on the economic system, I'm all for it. OK, well, I stand corrected. I mean, not corrected. I just they come. I, I get this all the time. How do I make money? And then I'm like, well, let's let's learn about it first and then we'll see how you make money. Um. There was something you said, the allure kindergartners. Uh, I forgot what it was. Okay, so what else? What what else can we teach them about it? What else is a beginner level blockchain? Do we want to go into having? Do we? Well, well, I I I would say the one of the, one of the things um, I like to address when you first get into the market is uh, the basics. Um, mm -hmm. The basic avenue. So when you start at the beginning, the number one question is, how do I learn more about it? So, you know, of course, they want to buy it and they may want to learn more about it to purchase it, to make some money, to 
because they've heard about it so much and they, they you know, they, they're gaining. Right. So for a number of reasons, they want to learn how to get started. So um, there are a couple of tips that I usually give uh, people on getting started. And the number one is um, setting up your account. So for the people who are in the United States, uh, Coinbase, I believe, in my experience, is the most user friendly platform on the market available now. And it is extremely simple to set up. So you can pull out your phone right now, your Android or uh, iPhone, and you can go on the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, and uh, you can download the app, Coinbase, mm-hmm. C-O-I-N-B-A-S-E. And I will put the link in the notes. It will be everywhere, so you can just click it from there. Correct. And then you can set up, it takes about five minutes approximately um, to set up your account. You uh, attach your bank account to it. And that is for purposes of deposits and withdrawals. Um, So when you buy something, they're going to do an ACH out of your account. Um, So if I buy $10 worth of Bitcoin, um, they're going to deduct $10 plus the fees and they're going to credit my account $10. And let's say that $10 worth of Bitcoin goes up to $10,000. Well, I may want to put a thousand back in my account and leave the other nine available. So then when I cash it out, they'll have access to put that money back into my account. So that's the purpose of uh, attaching your bank account. And while you're on there, you get a chance to see the coins that are, that have been approved by the United States, uh, which I say that those are likely to be the ones that have the most potential of success. So even if you're in another country, I would recommend researching the coins that have been approved by the financial powerhouse of the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, out of the thousands, that's one way to easily filter um, because a lot of the wealth is generated here and concentrated here. So if and they we have, have a high, America has a very high threshold of, of well, KYC, first of all, know your customer. Correct. So we, we're, there are other countries do it, but we have a high level of KYC. Um, and as far as being, Certified or qualified as a financial institution, very high threshold in America as well. Right. So it does give some backing to the coins and tokens that make it to Coinbase. Correct, because they have they been They have qualified at a higher level than a lot of these other smaller ones, other countries that coins can disappear, guys. If you research the purpose of the coin and it just does not come to fruition, it can go. It can just disappear. It goes defunct like anything else a yeah, stock like or business else, so you or... can lose the money in it right um something i was gonna say okay so he's talking about coinbase that's a specific specific company but in the cryptocurrency world those are called wallets so that is something you will see or hear every now and then a wallet is just a place where you can hold your cryptocurrency because again it's there's no physical manifestation of it there's really no physical it's there's numbers there's serial numbers but you have to have somewhere to hold your serial number unless you think you're really going to memorize it i don't recommend that but you want to hold it somewhere and we call them wallets right so they're um e-wallets uh or electronic wallets Mm -hmm. so uh just as the name suggests you think of it like the wallet that you have in your pocket Mm -hmm. it holds your money so if we're talking about a digital dollar that's electronic we need a digital wallet to put the money in it's an e-wallet now the the it's not very complex. You're actually already used to having those. Mm-hmm. If you have a Square account where you use Cash App, then you have an e-wallet. If you have a bank account where you log into your bank to see your ledger, 
That is your e-wallet. That is your personalized environment to uh, manage your money. So that's where you put your money into and that's where you take your money out of just like you would reach your hand in your pocket and grab money or put it into your wallet. So uh, that one is is, is something that um, that's on there that you're going to see when you set up your account. They set up your wallet and you'll have a different wallet for each uh, digital asset. And there's different companies. So there's hundreds of companies out there of wallet companies that you can choose. Well, it can be limited on what country you're in. But there's there's a bunch of different companies out there where you can have a wallet. Right. And you can have as many as you want. Right. So there's no limit. You can have one on five different platforms if you'd like. Ten different platforms. I think we're going to see a lot of more a lot more e-wallets in the future. Um, you're probably going to have bank uh, e-wallets. Correct. <laughs> you're so, going to start seeing Chase's wallet. And yeah, they're they're coming. Right. So I, I imagine that would look like when you log into your account, the way you normally log in, you'll just have a separate section that says a Bitcoin and you can keep track of that there. However, I do believe that there are going to be more um, uh, corporations that introduce that as well. So I would imagine that you would have an Amazon wallet. So it makes it easier for you to spend your money there. You would have a Google wallet. So, you know, you can spend your cryptocurrency on their apps and any services that you have under your subscription. You'll probably have a Netflix wallet. I, I imagine that because this is not an asset that you can print, um, the power of the companies in the future are going to be based off of their ability to get people to uh, allow them to hold their assets just like the power of a bank so is based off of that. What are you saying? Are you saying that like Coinbase where I can hold my Bitcoin right now, mm -hmm. Amazon will have a wallet where I hold my Bitcoin on in the Amazon wallet? I do believe that. Or are that. we talking about an Amazon digital currency that they have? Uh, I believe it, it, it has the potential of being both. Um, I, I, you know, I do believe that they're going to allow you to hold your money on there because they already offer something similar to that. So if we're talking and comparing it to a currency, each one of them has a place where you put your credit card. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you go to buy their goods, you're using the credit card on file. You have to give them a credit card on file, whether it's PayPal, which they already have the e-wallet. Um, and I don't recommend buying on PayPal. And so I've yeah. not, PayPal made their announcement, what, about three months ago? I believe so. Yeah. So first of all, PayPal already kicked me out <laughs> four years ago. We had a, a purchase dispute and they locked me out of my account. So I've been locked out of PayPal for four years. Wow. I ain't buying nothing with PayPal. Because <laughs> again, I just talked about the bank having control of my stuff. Right. I don't appreciate that. I don't, I'm not, that's not me. So I'm not buying anything with PayPal. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to figure out though what would be the perk of holding my wallet with PayPal. Why am not gonna? Why would I not just hold it on whatever other third party wallet? And when I went to make my purchase, I'll send it to you. I'm not gonna hold my private key with. We probably should go back to private and public keys. Well, too. so um, to answer your question first, before we go back. Uh, convenience, convenience and keeping things yeah, easy no, uh -huh. is a, a very important factor of business. If they can't take it and lock me out of it. <laughs> well, that's right. And, and, if and they can't take me and lock me out of my own stuff, it is very important. I agree. I agree. However, if you're, uh, I look at it from a different aspect. If, if I am a major business and I order $50,000 worth of equipment or products from Amazon each month. Mm -hmm. uh, in order to run my business, then I may not want the hassle of constantly transferring money. 
um, I can leave it there and spend it as I need to the same way I'm used to doing with my credit card. So I do believe that um, in in the future, having that ease, uh, that ability to make it very simple is going to be very powerful. Mm, so, yeah. So just like you can hold money on the cash app. Correct. Which I don't ever do. Correct. However, you have to understand Anytime that somebody mm-hmm. sends me a cash app, mm-hmm. it's automatically set mm-hmm. to send it right to my bank. Right. Now, you have to understand that all over the world in different areas, even in different areas of the United States, we all live right. differently. Everybody you know, so some people, younger people. Too. Right. There's a lot of unbanked people. They call them unbanked. There's right. a lot of unbanked people. So younger people who may spend their life on social media. They may want it on their WeChat app because now I can send it to my friend. All of my friends are here. My family communicate with me. So this is where I store it. I'm on here every single day uh, for a corporate organization. Maybe I may put it on Google uh, because of my marketing budget or Amazon because it's where my products are. Um, So there will there is a lot of potential to have wallets everywhere, um, just as we do now. Um, now, whether you utilize it is up to the individual user, but from a company aspect to not have that ability, I think would, would harm your company. Okay. So I could have a wallet. Well, just like cash app, I could have the wallet. I just don't keep anything in. Correct. (laughs) So when I need mine, I send it there and then I use it and that's it. Correct. All right. So, um, we, you've heard, you've heard us say private key, private key a few times. Let's talk about. Bitcoin and the keys and what that means. So with Bitcoin, you have two keys. Correct. You have the private key or you have the public key. And if you do a paper app, it'll say it says share. So it says your share key. And I think it says private key. But anyway, so do you want to talk about that? You want me to talk about the different keys and why they matter and what you do with them? Well, I'll start and I'm sure you can elaborate (laughs) on that. Um, So your key is, as I described before, your private key is your unique identification number on that cryptocurrency. So pull your dollar out of your pocket and look at the serial number on that and understand that that is your key. That is the unique identification number that no other dollar bill ever created has again. And that allows that dollar to be tracked. So if I go into a store and somebody takes my money and we find some money in a place, we can verify that we can run a match on the <laughs> Because on the we serial all number. know the serial numbers on our dollar bills. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if it's very important enough, let's say I'm a bank, you know, right. then and, and I recorded that or I know some of them, then somebody robs my bank and I find a wad of money somewhere, right. then I can verify that that money was once in my bank. Um, So uh, it's the same way with uh, your private key. Your private key is your unique identification number. So because we're all sharing the same ledger um, or uh, blockchain, then we have to have a way to identify who what belongs to who. Right. And that is where and that's why it's called private key, because you don't want to give anybody that. So unlike. The dollar, so we're trying to do an easy analogy here. Mm-hmm. Unlike the dollar, if Kendall, if you just told me your serial numbers on your dollar and you just gave them to me over the telephone, it really means nothing. Correct. Because he has the dollar in his hand at a different location and we're talking on the telephone. Right. With Bitcoin, you never want to tell anybody your private key. Because this is a digital currency and there's no physical manifestation of it, if you give someone your private key, it gives them rights and access to move it someplace. Right. So, so if somebody, if I just 
spewed off or shared it on Facebook or social media, if I took a picture and the picture got emailed to a bunch of people, once somebody gets your private key that gives them rights and access to move it so they can move it from your wallet to their wallet. And once it gets to their wallet, it's now theirs because it's in their wallet. It will get a different private key that's going to be associated with their wallet. Now, what I usually uh, liken that to is like your um, social media accounts uh, or bank accounts or any online account that you have. Um, Being that the account is everywhere all the time on the Internet where I can access my Facebook account from here. You can access my Facebook account if I give you my credentials from China, uh, Russia or India or Africa, wherever you are. um, Having that password it becomes extremely critical mm-hmm. um, because it gives access, complete control over my Facebook or social media account or bank account to whomever has that. So it is very vital that I keep that very guarded very well. And your private key should be handled in the same manner. So if you think of it like that, uh, again, you can learn the technicalities and the jargon later. I just try to get the mental concepts for you to understand. When you hear private key, think of your password for your bank account or your social media website. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you don't want to share it. Right. So private Ever. key stays private. Right. There is also a public key. If you have a paper wallet, it says a share key. The share key is a, and so private key, I believe is 51 digits. Okay. So the private key, cause I teach the classes, <laughs> the private key is 51 random numbers and letters, uppercase and lowercase. The share key or your um, public key is 31 random numbers and they're not anywhere the same. So the share and the private look nothing alike. They're all random. Um, But the share you can give to somebody. So, okay, your share, your public key, you give to somebody. In the class, of course, they ask me why. Why why do you even have, what's the purpose of a share? So um, Illinois, the state of Illinois, my home state, was the actual first state in, in America to transact a full real estate transaction um, using cryptocurrency in the blockchain. Okay. So Illinois was the first state where somebody um, found a home, put the escrow deposit down, you know, paid all the fees and did all that stuff, the appraisals, and did it all via Bitcoin and blockchain. Um, so just like for those of you who have purchased a home before, Um, but if you're going to purchase a home, well, even whether you finance or don't finance, you still have to prove that you have the funds. Correct. So you have to put a down payment down, which we say is the escrow. So you put a down payment down when you make the offer on the home while you go through your due diligence period. And if you're going to finance it with the bank, they want to see that you have the funds and have had the funds because they want to see you've had them in the bank two or three months sometimes. Exactly. And you have to show them that you've had it and that it's available. So... They had the foresight when they were making Bitcoin to say, hey, there may be times where you need to show or prove to somebody that you have it. So they gave you a share, a share key, a public key Correct. that you can give to anybody that you want to. And they can go onto the blockchain and they can prove that you have whatever you say is there. Correct. So if you say, I have the five Bitcoin to pay for this, I have the three, I have the one and a half. You give them the share code. They can go onto the blockchain. They say, yep, it's there. It's been there since this date. Correct. And you can prove it. Can't do anything with it. They can't move it. They can't steal it. All they can do is look at it like looking through a window. They can look at it and see it there. They can do nothing with it other than verify that it's there. Right. They can't move it. It, 
None of the digits match, so it's not like they can figure out what it is and they can move it. It's just for looking, viewing purposes only. Public okay? validation. Yep. Correct. So that is public and private. So you always want to keep your private key private to yourself. Never want to share that information. Um, also, something that we kind of skimmed over, because right now as we sit here, Bitcoin is worth, uh, it was 23, I saw it on your page, 23,000. I'm showing right now it's 22,786. I'm showing the same. Okay. So Bitcoin right now is the $22,786. People see that number, they get intimidated. I don't have to, I can't, I don't have that much money. So I get excited. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what, what do you, uh, let's go back. I have to buy a whole Bitcoin. I have to give you, I have to give Coinbase right now $22,786. And I don't have that. I want to get involved, but I don't have $22,700. So what do I do? How does that work? Like, how do I get involved? I don't have $22,000 to start. So I missed it. I'm too late. I can't get involved now. No, that is very incorrect. And that is a very popular misconception. Um, again, I, I can go into hours and hours of technical jargon, but I like to give concepts. And um, the concept that I liken this to is a hundred dollar bill. Okay. So, uh, the full price of a Bitcoin, look at it as you would look at a hundred dollar bill. Um, everything you do does not require a full hundred dollar bill. It is broken down into smaller denominations. You have a $50 bill in the United States. You have a $20 bill in the United States. You have a $10 bill in the United States. You have a $5 bill in the United States. You have a $1 bill in the United States, and you even have various coins that can break down that $1 bill even further. So um, in cryptocurrency, uh, or Bitcoin specifically, in all of them, you can break it down uh, the same way. So you can buy a piece of a Bitcoin. That's called a? Satoshi in the smallest sense. Right. Okay, so Bitcoin, they also have Satoshis. Named after the creator. Named after the creator. And it breaks down to one millionth. Is it one millionth? I believe so. I think. So you can break down a Bitcoin to one millionth of a Bitcoin and they call them Satoshis. Correct. So that and that's what our future is going to consist of. We're going to say, you know, this is 300,000 Satoshis. Uh, this is 200,000 Satoshis. And, and we'll someone start who memorizing has, that eventually. Exactly. So uh, that's that's where it's going. And, and each of the cryptocurrencies are similar. So if you see one that you feel is out of your price range, you can buy a tenth of it. So if Bitcoin uh, is $20,000, you can buy a tenth of that and you'll get a tenth of that value. And it will grow at a tenth of the rate of the full price that you see. Um, so, you know, you don't have to be intimidated by the price, just like gold. We likened it to digital gold. Uh, you don't have to have a full, complete gold bar. Uh, it can be broken down. Ounce. Right. You can do a gram. You can do a half ounce. Exactly. So um, in the same way with stocks. Well, stocks can't be broken down into pieces of stocks, I don't believe. Okay. Well, they have fractions of stocks. Well, yeah, you can. Like if Tesla's worth, I think, 400 right now, mm -hmm. you can still buy $100 worth of Tesla stock. You just get point whatever the stock is. Of. Is that on different, probably different platforms? Um, Robinhood does it. Webull does it. Oh. Um, okay. It's a few other ones that do it, okay. but I'll let you guys. Okay. Well, you learned something new because uh, I've, I've invested on uh, larger sites and they wouldn't let, allow cool. me to. Correct. Yeah. You had to have at least one. So uh, it's nice to hear that they're doing that. That allows more people to get into the market 
Um, so it's the same way. Don't get intimidated by the price. Um, just invest in at your own rate and, and it'll still work out equivocal. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's number one thing people say after, how do I make money? Then I can't afford to get in. <laughs> what do you mean? It's 22,000. Okay. So what about FOMO? What does FOMO stand for? Fear of missing out. All right. I hear this all the time. It's $22,000. <laughs> and in this summer, it was only $5,000. I've missed the boat. I'm not, there's no way I can make money on this. I've missed it. It's, it already went from 5,000 to 22,000 in eight months, six months, whatever it's been. I missed it. Kendall, what else can I do? What now I'm too late for Bitcoin. Okay. It's over. So I've already missed it. Again, there there is no missing it. <laughs> uh, you can get in at any time. The sooner the better. Uh, people felt like they missed it at five hundred dollars. They felt like they missed it when it was a thousand dollars. They felt like they missed it when it went to ten thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars, and I'm sure when it gets to fifty thousand dollars, they'll feel the same way. However, um, did you say fifty thousand? <laughs> I believe that it will surpass fifty thousand dollars here in the near future. Um, because the popularity is growing tremendously every day amongst institutional investors. Um, and so I would, uh, again, I always say that it's never too late. Um, so start the sooner, the better is my recommendation. Um, and at your own pace that you feel comfortable. So that's number one. You didn't miss the, miss the boat at all. Um, as it pertains to FOMO, FOMO is fear of missing out is a common, term that we use in the industry uh, because a lot of people will jump into the market because they don't want to miss out and I do not recommend that. Uh, when you have that fear, fear causes you to do irrational things and um, during a, my episode <laughs> of finance, emotion, money and emotions, right. <laughs> money and emotions, make. that's water and oil, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I always tell people to get into the market rationally. Um, a lot of things that I've seen from my experiences from the previous upward markets are that people will, you know, tr try to throw ridiculous amounts of money in there that they can't afford. Never invest more than you can afford to lose mm -hmm. uh, or be without for a significant amount of time at the very least. And the FOMO is representation of the people who just haphazardly throw money into it. There were people selling their homes. There were people putting their entire uh, mm -hmm. retirement it accounts in back at the it last was and I heard all of those horror stories during the downturn market when I was researching it and I don't want anyone to be in that position so which is no FOMO. crazy <laughs> uh, you guys don't do that with your 401ks you don't put your whole paycheck in the 401k I don't know why you would put so much into um put so much into even Bitcoin. I mean, people did it and, it and it worked for some people. But yeah, you only want to invest what you can afford to lose or you only want to invest what you don't need immediately. Correct. So you don't want to put your rent in there. Right. You don't want to put your car note money in there. You want to and you want to do it um, what's on a schedule. You want to get used to doing it on a schedule. Correct. Yeah. So you don't miss it. Right. Dollar cost averaging is the popular term for that. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, my brother was uh, my first example of that. However, I found out later that a lot of people did the exact same thing as he did where they were maxing out cards. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the banking institutions are looking out for that this time. 
uh, because they lost a lot of money from people who maxed out their cards and then couldn't pay it and back. couldn't pay it back because the market went down. So learn from other people's mistakes. That is a very popular uh, tool um, in investing, and that is something that you do not want to do. So remember, no FOMO. No FOMO. <laughs> All right. Um, any ba- any other basics? Um, what are other terms that people hear? What do we see in the public that um, that are things that the people not in this world, not in this world, not in this Bitcoin society? Oh, it's it. going to be a world in a minute. It is going to be a world. <laughs> um, we okay. So we talked about it's not too late. Let's talk about mass adoption. Okay. So mass adoption refers to the masses have now adopted this industry correct um th- I, there's no way to really know really how many people are using it at this time i mean coinbase probably would be one of the easiest closest numbers because that is the most popular um digital wallet in the united states right but i don't know that they've shared how many users they have well they've shared it with the irs that's for sure <laughs> it's been shared with the irs but they have not shared it with the public that i'm aware of do you have it an estimate do you I mean do, have you seen anything anywhere do you have any I'm saying in class 10 15 percent of Americans I have no idea if I'm even close like I know that it is I usually look on a larger scale mm-hmm. when I look at mass adoption mm-hmm. because it's not something that is only relative to the United States right uh, adoption is growing in other countries right. even faster than it is in the United States due to uh, lack of, uh, you know, laws and legal clarification from our government. Because we have countries that have already adopted it as a national currency. Correct, correct. There are countries far ahead of America. China is one of those. China, Japan, mm-hmm. Australia, um, mm-hmm. one of the European. There's a, there's one of the countries. Switzerland, maybe? They, they are all over. Usually in areas where they're having uh, issues with inflation, mm-hmm. um, that is what a lot of people are running to to protect their money because their local currency is losing value at a rapid pace. So in a lot of other countries where their currency is not as stable as the dollar, they are um, adapting and adopting uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies very quickly. So still at mass adoption, whether we want to use the U.S. number or a worldwide number what percentage right where, i would right, say where I are we say, now if you join today mm-hmm. if you just get into cryptocurrency today mm-hmm. are we still at early adapters would you say where are we on the scale i would say we're still in the pioneer stage so okay. even before early adapters are the pioneers the first people that got into it you still think we're pioneers i do because yeah. i mean there are out of the six plus billion people in the world mm-hmm. um, over, you know, a large portion of those uh, are already unbanked with our current financial system. Mm-hmm. So you already know that there's a very low probability that they know anything about it uh, and have access to it. And, you know, so out of the people who have always been banked through our uh, dollar system that we have, uh, even less than 10 percent of those know about it. Um, and you don't, you still don't see a lot of organizations that offer those capabilities. You probably have, um, 10 to 20 major organizations, uh, global organizations that have openly admitted that they 
are using and investing it and actually purchasing it. So insurance company finally made a public announcement. There's my industry there. They were talking about it from the convention I went to. mm -hmm. We had a whole section on insurance and Bitcoin. So when you look at it on a global scale, you have to understand that there are hundreds of thousands of uh, um, public organizations. There are even more private organizations. There are six billion uh, personal individuals, um, some of them which are extremely wealthy. And and when you and even more people who don't have any wealth, but will be added to the economic system that will have to purchase them as well to participate. Mm -hmm. So when you look at it from a larger scale, you get a better understanding of how early you are. If you look at it from a dollar, a temporary dollar standpoint, and I tell people that don't look at this, twenty thousand dollars is a lot to you. It is a drop in the bucket in comparison to the large uh, scale of the potential. Mm -hmm. So your one tenth of a Bitcoin today has the potential to make you one of the wealthiest people in the world in the future. So because let's um, let's talk about you said six point six six point eight billion people. Was that the number? I know I have it because in the class we use that number. But um, we talked about however many billion people there are on the earth. And there will only be 21 million Bitcoin ever put into um, circulation. Correct. And most of them will be after uh, we're gone. Right. Because 2140. Correct. 2140 is the final year that there will be Bitcoin created. 2140 and we're in 2020. There will only be 21 billion created in the net and they round up. It's actually the number is less than it's 20 million, 900 something, something. Also, a lot of them have been lost. Okay. So we haven't talked about the law, lo- the, the loss rate because right. people have lost their private keys. Correct. And once it's lost, it's lost. There's no backup private key anywhere. Okay. So we have so many, we have six, 7 billion people and we have 21 million Bitcoin. And today there is 18 million in circulation. It's like 18, eight. So we have 18 million, 800 and something thousand Bitcoin, 18 million Bitcoin today, 7 billion people on earth, million in circulation, billion people on earth. We don't, there are not enough Bitcoin for everybody to own one. Correct. If everyone had $22,000 right now, if we all mysteriously got $22,000 in our bank accounts tomorrow because our government is so kind to give us a, um, what's the CARES Act? They're going to give us (laughs) all $22,000 next week with this new CARES Act. There's not enough. Well, there's enough maybe for the no. There's not no because there are over three hundred million people. <laughs> three hundred million States. in America. Right. There's not enough for everybody to own one. Right. So this FOMO fear missing out. There's never going to be enough for everybody to own one. Right. So if you own a half a Bitcoin at some point, you're, doing you're great. still going to be way ahead of the curve, right. and you're going to be wealthier than most other people. Right. So just think about that. It's not fear. It's you're not too late and there's never going to be a time where everybody can own one. Right. There's it's not mathematically possible. And that's the point of it. So So it's supposed to be the opposite of our our dollars now where we can just print trillions and and that's what loses the value. So uh, this is a system designed to combat that so that um, what we hold is gaining value because it's becoming more and more scarce every day as more people are born. There are more people who are going to need it and there are less people. So we're going to have to work. We're still going to create the same amount. Right. 
So maybe you can make your goal that you're just trying to get to 25% of a Bitcoin. Very good. You want to get a quarter ownership of a Bitcoin that you're going to buy and hold. Right. Maybe you want to buy a whole Bitcoin and you're going to use half of the Bitcoin to buy and sell goods. So, you know, you can start receiving payments in Bitcoin. People don't realize this. There is a whole economy. There are societies of people in the United States that live off of Bitcoin. Yeah, I think that's the advanced class there. <laughs> that's advanced. But I just want to let them know that it's out there. It is. There it are people is. that only receive their payments in Bitcoin right. and they only purchase goods and services in Bitcoin. So they have a constant flow coming in and out of Bitcoin. Right. Um, yeah, so just make a goal here. If you want, you can't afford the 22000 Say I'm going to try to get to a half of Bitcoin. I'm trying. I'm going to try to get to a quarter ownership of Bitcoin because the value will continue to go up as more people come into this market. Okay, and they're not going to make extra because there's extra people that know about it. Correct. It's still going to be the same number. Uh, what else, Kendall? Uh, I think that covers a lot Have for we, the first. I don't think we want to overload, <laughs> overload them. people. <laughs> yeah, because it's a lot to digest. So, I mean, you can listen to the podcast again and again, and you'll pick up different things. Uh, however, it's a lot to digest. My only recommendation um, is that you understand that uh, this new emerging market is like anything else that you uh, would per- you pursue it the same way that you would pursue anything you want to be successful at. So if I want to be good at technology or if I want to be a good doctor or if I want to be a good parent or whatever I want to be very proficient at, I have to research daily and often. So my uh, number one recommendation is understanding that it's not just put your money in and it's on cruise control and you're going to wake up tomorrow wealthy. It's understanding how the market works, understanding how technology is changing the same way you understand your app. When they change something on your app yeah, on yeah. Facebook, mm-hmm. people are like, I don't like this. I noticed it changed right away. Why did they do this? And just have that same mindset and passion when it comes to the market. So understand why, what's changing and how things are changing. And the more you follow it, the more you'll gain understanding. Okay. So I will continue to offer my um, intro to Bitcoin classes. We covered about 50%. We do at least, I, that's at least 50% of what I do in the class. Okay. I go even deeper. Um, you can always check the internet. We'll have some more. I've gotten a lot of requests just from doing the first class. I've gotten several requests for higher level classes, more in depth, more coins, more tokens to cover. So we'll have stuff coming up here in the future. Okay. Um, but I, I wanted to start at the basic level because I want, to start getting people in, um, getting people involved and aware of what it is. Um, Kendall, I want you to give a plug for 1010 Computers. Come on, I send people to you all the time. But Well, thank you. Yes, uh, so I am the managing partner of a company in Georgia. So if you are in Georgia, come see us. We're in the south side of Georgia in Henry County, McDonough specifically. And we are a uh, full service hardware and software repair center. Um, And that is becoming more and more in demand with uh, schooling from home and working from home. So any IT needs that you have, please give us a call. Uh, You're welcome to look us up on uh, Facebook and Google um, so you can see the quality of the services that we provide. And if you're ever in the area and need anything, we'll be honored and privileged to assist. And you know my favorite line I get to say. I'm going to put the information in the show notes. <laughs> so I'll have all his contact information in the show notes. 
Um, just reach out to him, reach out to me if you're having problems reaching him, no problem. We actually have offices in the same shopping center. So I get to, I don't, I don't see him as much as you would think, but <laughs> we talk every day, <laughs> we but we don't always see each other every day. But, you know, he's right there in the same shopping center where my insurance office is located. So I appreciate you being here. I thank you for coming and sharing your knowledge. I, I tried to keep him down, guys, because <laughs> Kendall knows a whole lot. So I, I told him we're just going to start 101 here, just start 101. Um, I think he gave great, great advice. We Thank still you. covered a lot, so you may need to listen to this a few times. When I, when my mentor was sending me videos, certain videos I watched. I mean, there uh, there was one in particular I, I seriously watched about six times, right. and the guy who taught it was really boring and dry, and I would fall asleep on it. So I had to watch it over and over and over again. So that's what you got to do, guys. We don't know what we know because we're geniuses. And one day somebody told us and we just knew what we were doing. Right. We had to learn it just like everybody else. So don't think that we're so far ahead of you. We've just been repeating the behavior and the actions over and over. And we've been reading about it. Correct. So we've been Treat the information yeah. like it's your favorite song. Listen to it again and again yep, and again. And you'll it. hear something different each time. Over and over again. When you take my class, I record the Zoom. It's a live Zoom. So people interact and ask questions. I send the Zoom to you after we've recorded it. So you can watch my Zoom class over and over and over again. Um, okay, guys. So thank you very much for coming. Thank you for listening to Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson. We'll see you next week. Bye.